It is a matter of general knowledge that Mr. Ford, Mr. Edison, and Mr. Firestone are close personal friends and have been so for many years. That in former years, they were in the habit of going away to the woods once a year for a period of rest, meditation, and recuperation. But it is not generally known. It is a, a grave doubt if these three men themselves know it that there exists between the three men a bond of harmony which has caused their minds to become blended into a, quote, master mind, which is the real source of the power of each. This mass mind, growing out of the coordination of the individual minds of Ford, Edison, and Firestone, has enabled these men to, quote, tune in on forces and sources of knowledge which most men are to no extent familiar if the student doubts either the principle or the effects here described, let him remember that more than half the theory here set forth is a known fact. For example, it is known that these three men have great power. It is known that they are wealthy. It is known that they begin without capital and with but a little schooling. It is known that they form periodic mind contacts. It is known that they are harmonious and friendly. It is known that their achievements are so outstanding as to make it impossible to compare these achievements with those of other men in their respective fields of activity. All these, quote, effects are known to practically every schoolboy in the civilized world. Therefore, there can be no dispute as to the, as far as effects are concerned. One fact connected with the cause of the achievements of Edison Ford and Firestone we may be sure, namely, that these achievements were in no way based upon trickery, deceit, the, quote, supernatural, or the so-called, quote, revelations, or any form of unnatural law. These men do not possess a stock of legal demand. They work with natural laws, laws which, for the most part, are well known to all economists and leaders in the field of science, with the possible exception of the law upon which chemistry of the mind is based. As yet, chemistry of the mind is not sufficiently developed to be classed by scientific men in their catalog of known laws. A, quote, master mind may be created by any group of people who, are, who will coordinate their minds in a spirit of perfect harmony. The group may consist of any number from two upward. Best results appear available from blending of six or seven minds. It has been suggested that Jesus Christ discovered how to make use of the principle of mind chemistry and that he has seemingly miraculous performances grew out of the power of the mind he developed through the blending of the minds of his 12 disciples. It has been pointed out that when one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, broke faith, the mastermind, quote, immediately disintegrated and Jesus met with the supreme catastrophe of his life. When two or more people harmonize their minds and produce the effect known as the, quote, mastermind, each person in the group becomes vested with the power to contact with and gather knowledge through the, quote, subconscious minds of all the other members of the group. This power becomes immediately noticeable, having the effect of stimulating the mind to a higher rate of vibration, otherwise evidencing itself in the form of a more vivid imagination and the consciousness of what appears to be a sixth sense. It is through this sixth sense that new ideas will, quote, flash into the mind. These ideas take on the nature and form of the subject dominating the mind of the individual. If the entire group has met for the purpose of discussing a given subject, ideas concerning that subject will come pouring into the minds of all present, as if an outside influence were dictating them. 
The minds of those participating in the, quote, mastermind become as magnets, attracting ideas and thought stimuli of the most highly organized and practical nature from no one knows where. The process of the mind blending were described as a, quote, mastermind, may be likened to the act of one of who connects many electric batteries to a single transmission wire, thereby, quote, stepping up the power flowing over the line. Each battery added increases the power passing over the line by the amount of the energy the battery carries. Just so, in the case of blending individual minds into a, quote, mastermind, each mind, through the principle of mind chemistry, stimulates all other minds in the group until the mind energy thus becomes so great that it penetrates to and connects with the universal energy known as the ether, which, in turn, touches every atom of the entire universe. The modern radio apparatus subsonates to a considerable extent the theory here expounded powerful sending of or broadcasting stations must be erected through which the vibration of sound is quote stepped up before it can be picked up by the much higher vibrating energy of the ether and carried in all directions a quote mastermind made up of many individual minds so blended that they produce a strong vibrating energy constitutes almost an exact counterpart of the radio broadcasting station Every public speaker has felt the influence of mind chemistry, for it is a well-known fact that as soon as an individual minds of the audience become, quote, in rapport, parentheses, attuned to the rate of the vibration of the mind of the speaker, and parentheses, will, with the speaker, there is a noticeable increase of enthusiasm in the speaker's mind, and he often rises to the heights of oratory, which surprising all, surprise all, including himself. The first five to ten minutes of the average speech are devoted to what is known as, quote, warming up. By this is meant the process through which the minds of the speaker and his audience are becoming blended in the spirit of perfect harmony. Every speaker knows what happens when this state of perfect harmony, quoted, fails to materialize upon the part of his audience. The seemingly supernatural phenomena occurring in the spiritualistic meetings are the result of the, re of the reaction upon one another of the minds in the group. These phenomenon seldom begin to manifest themselves under 10 to 20 minutes after the group is formed, for the reason that it is about at the time required for the minds in the group to become harmonized or blended. The messages, quoted, received by the members of a spiritualist, spiritualistic group probably come from one or two sources, or from both, namely, first, from the vast storehouse of the subconscious mind of some member of the group, or, second, from the universal storehouse of the ether, in which it is most more probable all thought vibration is preserved. Neither any known natural law nor human reason supports the theory of communication with individuals who have died. It is a known fact that any individual may explore the store of knowledge in, in, in another's mind, through this principle of mind chemistry, and it seems reasonable to suppose that this power may be extended to include contact with whatever vibrations are available in the ether, if any are there. The theory that all the higher and more refined vibrations, which, as those growing out of thought, are preserved in the ether, grows out of the known fact that neither matter nor energy (parentheses) the two known elements of the universe and (parentheses) may be either created or destroyed. It is a reasonable to suppose that all vibrations, which 
have been stepped up, quoted, sufficiently to be picked up and absorbed in the ether, will go on forever. The lower vibrations, which do not blend with the otherwise contact the ether, probably live a natural life and die out. Break, break. I would like to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thank you for your time. Let's get back to the reading. All the so-called geniuses probably gained their reputations because, by mere chance or otherwise, they formed alliances with other minds which enabled them to, quote, step up their mind vibration to where they were enabled to contact the vast temple of knowledge recorded and filed in the ether of the universe. All of the great geniuses, as far as this author has been able, enabled to gather the facts, were highly sexed people. The fact that sexual contact is a greatest known mind stimulant lends color to the theory Heron described. Inquiring further into the source of the economic power, as manifested by the achievements of the men in the field of business, let us study the case of the Chicago group known as the, quote, Big Six, consisting of W.M. Wrigley, Jr., who owns the chewing gum business bearing his name and whose individual income is said to be more than $15 million a year. John R. Thompson, who operates the chain of lunchrooms bearing his name. Mr. Lasker, who owns the Lord and Thomas Advertising Agency. Mr. McCall, who owns the Parmalee Express Company, the largest transfer business in America. And Mr. Ritchie and Mr. Hertz, who own the Yellow Taxicab business. A reliable financial reporting company has estimated the yearly income of these six men at the upwards of $25 million, or an average of more than $4 million a year per man. Analysis of the entire group of six men discloses the fact that not one of them had any special educational advantages, that all began without capital or extensive credit, that their financial achievements have been due to their own individual plans and not to any fortunate turn of the will of chance. Many years ago, these six men formed a friendly alliance, meeting at stated periods for the purpose of assisting one another with the ideas and suggestions in their various and sundry lines of business endeavor. With the exception of Hertz and Ritchie, none of these six men were in any manner associated in a legal partnership. These meetings were strictly for the purpose of cooperating on the give and take basis of assisting one another with the ideas and suggestions, and occasionally by endorsing notes and other securities to assist some member of the group who had met with an emergency making such help necessary. It is said that each of the individuals belonging to the Big Six group is a millionaire many times over. As a rule, there is nothing worthy of a special comment on behalf of a man who does not more than accumulate a few million dollars. However, there is something connected with the financial success of these particular group of men that is well worth a comment study and analysis and even emulation and that something quoted is the fact that they have learned how to coordinate their mind individual minds by blending them into a spirit of perfect harmony thereby creating a quote mastermind that unlocks to each individual of the group doors which are closed to most of the human race the united states steel corporation is one of the strongest and most powerful industrial organizations in the world the idea out of which this great industrial giant grew was born in the mind of Albert H. Gary, a more or less commonplace small-town lawyer who was born and reared in a small Illinois town near Chicago. Mr. Gary surrounded himself with a group of men whose minds he successfully blended into a spirit of perfect harmony, thereby creating the master mind. 
which is the moving spirit of the great United States Steel Corporation. Search where you will, wherever you find an outstanding business in success, business finance industry, or in any other of the professions, you may be sure that back of the success in some individual who has applied the principle of mind chemistry, out of which a quote mastermind has been created. These outstanding success successes often appear in the handiwork of but one person. But search closely, and the other individuals whose minds have been coordinated with his own may be found. Remember that two or more persons may operate the principle of mind chemistry so as to create a quote master mind. Power, parentheses, manpower, and parentheses, is organized knowledge expressed through intelligent efforts. No effort can be said to be organized unless the individual engaged in the effort coordinate their knowledge and energy in a spirit of perfect harmony. Lack of such harmonious coordination of effort is the main cause of practically every business failure. An interesting experiment was conducted by this author. In collaboration with the students of a well-known college, each student was requested to write an essay on, quote, how and why Henry Ford became wealthy, end quote. Each student was required to describe, as a part of his or her essay, what was believed to be the nature of Ford's real assets, of what these assets consist in detail. The majority of the students gathered financial statements and inventories of the Ford assets and used these as the basis of their estimates of Ford's wealth. Included in these, quote, sources of Ford's wealth, quote, were such as cash in a bank, raw and finished materials and stock, real estate and buildings, goodwill, estimated at from 10 to 25% of the value of the material assets. One student out of the entire group of several hundred answered as follows, quote, Henry Ford's assets consist in main of two items. One, working capital and raw finished materials. Two, the knowledge gained from experience of Henry Ford himself and the cooperation of a well-trained organization which understands how to apply his knowledge to the best advantage from the Ford viewpoint. It is impossible to estimate with anything approximating correctness the actual dollars and cents value of either of these two groups of assets. But it is in my opinion that their relative values are, quote, the organized knowledge of the Ford organization, 75%, the value cash assets of every nature, including the raw finished materials, 25%, end quote. This author is of the opinion that this statement was not compiled by the young man whose name was signed to it, without the assistance of some very analytical and experienced mind or minds. Unquestionably, the biggest asset that Henry Ford has in his own, is his own brain. Next to this would come the brains of the immediate circle of associates, for it has been through coordination of these that the physical assets which he controls were accumulated. Destroy every plant that Ford Motor Company owns, Every piece of machinery, every atom of raw or finished material, every finished automobile, and every dollar on deposit in, a, in any bank and Ford would still be the most powerful man economically on earth. The brains which have built the Ford business could duplicate it in short order. Capital is always available in unlimited quantities to such brains as Ford's. Ford is the most powerful man on earth economically because he has the keenest and most practical conception of the principle of organized knowledge 
of any man on earth, and as far as this author has the means of knowing. Despite Ford's great power and financial success, it may be that he has blundered often in the application of the principles through which he accumulated his power. There is but little doubt that Ford's methods of mind coronation have often been crude. They must needs have been in the early days of this experience, before he gained the wisdom of application that would naturally go with the maturity of years. Neither can there be much doubt that Ford's application of the principle of mind chemistry was, at least at the start, the result of a chance alliance with other minds, particularly the mind of Edison. It is more than probable that Mr. Ford's remarkable insight into the laws of nature was first begun as the result of his friendly alliance with his own wife long before he ever met either Mr. Edison or Mr. Firestone. Many, a man who never knows the real source of his success is made by his wife through the application of the quote mastermind principle. Miss Ford is a most remarkable, intelligent woman and hit this author has reason to believe that it was her mind, blended with Mr. Ford's, which gave him the, his first real start towards power. It may be mentioned, without in any way depriving Ford of any honor or glory, that in his early days of experience, he had to combat the powerful enemies of illiteracy and ignorance to a greater extent than did either Edison or Firestone, both of whom were gifted by natural hereditary with a most fortunate aptitude for acquiring and applying knowledge, Ford had to hew his talent out of the raw, rough timbers of his hereditary estate. Within an inconceivable short period of time, Ford has mastered three of the most stubborn enemies of mankind and transformed them into assets constituting the very foundation of his success. These enemies are ignorance, illiteracy, and poverty. Any man who can stay the hand of these three savage forces, much less harness and use them to good account, is well worth close study by the less fortunate individuals.